Just a quick reminder, if you've been trying links that I've mentioned on any of these recent episodes of the show and they don't work, technology changes and some of the things we offer change. So what we've decided to do is put everything that's current over at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. And anything that isn't current probably won't work. So if you're having trouble with a link that doesn't work, that's probably why. Head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash links. Or if you're following along at photobizhelp on Instagram, it's the link in the bio. The first time my dad saw one of my reels on Instagram, he was like, oh, I can't believe you're doing that. That's just embarrassing. (laughs) And I was like, thanks, dad. I don't think you're my ideal client. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally are what I wanna share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. This is an episode that you do not want to miss. It is not only an amazingly fun conversation with Anami Tonkin, and she is a brilliant photographer. She's got a podcast. This can't be that hard. I'm sure you've heard of it. Also, though, she has developed the Simple Sales system in PickTime, that amazing app that has replaced, not replaced, that is an alternative to in-person sales. And so for those of us like myself who don't have the time, space, schedule to really dig into IPS properly, this is such an amazing solution, brilliantly, brilliantly developed. Um, So if you are a PickTime user, even if you're not, you're going to want to listen to this because We cover all kinds of stuff. We started out in photography about the same time. And um, the conversation really has a lot of stuff, especially for those of you that are trying to grow your photo businesses. So please stay tuned. But first, a quick word from folks like PickTime who support this show. So if you're like most photographers, you probably didn't go into business for paperwork. Does the chaos of invoices, emails, to-dos make you a little crazy? Well, that is where 17 Hats comes in. Their all-in-one mobile-friendly platform organizes your entire business. 17 Hats handles things like time-sucking tasks, payment reminders, capturing leads, and scheduling your meetings. With 17 Hats, important emails go out automatically. Quotes, contracts, and invoices, click, click, paid. So it's a small wonder that thousands of photographers swear by 17 Hats. You'll free up so much time from day-stealing to-dos. It's like you've cloned yourself. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, which is obviously photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it. So why not clone yourself with 17 Hats? Visit 17hats.com to learn more with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. That's 17hats.com with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. One of the best decisions I've made in over 12 years of running my photo business was switching to pick time. 
It is beautiful. It's easy to use. It's easy for your clients to use. There's slideshows that are amazing with music you can add. There's a beautiful store with tons of products and they dynamically insert your clients' photos so they can kind of get a sense of what stuff looks like before they order. They have these incredible automations that for me, it's been a game changer. I've made more money in my photo business hands down since I switched to pick time than any other time in my business. These automations remind people of sales, do all the emailing and communicating with your clients that you might not remember to do, and they make it dead easy for them to look at their photos, share their photos, and purchase cool stuff. It is so game-changing. And since I talk about them so much, I'm here to tell you what they are offering as a sponsor of the show. Go to pick-time.com, that's P-I-C-time.com, and use the code PHOTOBIZHELP. This will give any new user one entire bonus month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. You can often start a free 30-day trial, so whatever sounds good, you can head over to pick-time.com, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, and make this huge transformation in your business. I promise you'll love it. It is amazing. They are amazing and really helpful if you need help. Again, pick-time.com with code PHOTOBIZHELP for a free bonus month when you upgrade to a paid plan. Cool. We're recording again. Exciting. Have you gotten a lot of um, signups with your referral link for any of the things? Well, I don't track. I don't track that. So I would have to ask. I would have to ask them, you know, how it's going. But I have there are a couple things I can track, like the Flowdesk thing where I get like there's certain like more. It's more of an affiliate. So if it's right. an affiliate, I can tell because I get like a kickback if it's like, you know, Flowdesk or HoneyBook or something. But for the sponsors for the show, that code goes into their system so they can track where their sales are coming from. So if you're listening right now and any of the sponsors that are amazing are interesting to you and you want to take advantage of what they're offering, make sure you use that code PHOTOBIZHELP because that is how everyone knows what's working and what isn't. And and it lifts all the boats. It's a rising tide. Going on a little boat ride. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here we are. This is the best. So... Today's a big interview day. This is someone who I think we're both inspired by in terms of the pick time world, especially. And and I think that's kind of where we want to keep most of our focus, but I'm not going to give it away yet. But I did want to talk about pick time again. We wanted to cover this before and we didn't. So there's a couple things that we use pick time for that have like revolutionized our business. We're saying yeah. today, it's a revolutionized <laughs> business. Yeah, like there's so many, I have a note here, it just says so many cool ways to use pick time. <laughs> but yeah, there are. So let's, okay, let's, you go first. What's your favorite? Okay. What's- <laughs> Thanks. Ah. Um, <laughs> <sighs> what is my yeah. favorite, favorite thing about pick time? Well, I'm going to talk about one way that pick time has increased my revenue for my mini sessions. Should we talk about that? Yeah, I want to talk about that too. Let's just talk about the same thing. Okay. Back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a conversation. Like I'll say something and then you respond. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, cool. You go. So first. okay. So last things. Last year, 
I made a small shift in how I do my mini sessions. I wanted to kind of like experiment with this. Before this, I was a, what do they call it? Turn and burn? No, there's a term. Yeah, like like shoot and burn or. Yeah, basically. I mean, there's shoot and dump. Like there's, I mean, there's some different. (laughs) That's a funny one. Basically, I take way too many photos and I give my client all of them. (laughs) And I don't. There's like a one-time, you know, lump fee that that I charge for my sessions. I go through, pick out the best ones, give my clients all the quote-unquote good ones that made the cut. I don't charge anything after for downloads, that kind of model. Which- Before you keep going into like your process, I, I just want to, it's, it's such a weird development in the photo world that I hope is really short-lived. If you kind of think of the trajectory of like film, 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 internet, Facebook mm-hmm. and like websites and all that, the the bar to entry became lower and lower and lower and then digital cameras. And so it's like there was this weird period from like 08 to now, but I think it's changing a little bit, hopefully, where people would just shoot a lot because they could. You're not paying for film. You're just out and about. So it's super easy if you're not trained and like sensing how much time you need or how much time you have you come home from like a family shoot and you have like a 1500 photos and you're like oh my god like what that's so silly you know but and then it was like okay I'm just gonna edit all of these and people ended up walking away with like 80 90 120 photos from a family session so I'm just gonna I wanted to just say that like that that's a trend in lifestyle photography this is a podcast for lifestyle photographers mostly and all photographers but minis are the funniest one because it'd be like okay you get 20 images and then it's just getting 50 yeah exactly oh my god I don't even want to tell you I can do I could easily deliver over 100 photos in a 15 minute session yeah you and I are both also really fast solid shooters like speed doesn't really freak us out no I had a client who said something like there's so many I'm overwhelmed by which ones to pick. It wasn't like a super negative thing, but it really like opened my eyes a little bit. And then I had the conversation with some other photographers about it's kind of a disservice to your client to give them too many. Like it's your job to narrow down the truly best ones. Cause I would deliver, you know, five of the almost exact same photo, but slightly different angles or slightly different expressions because I had a hard time deciding and I was like, well, I don't know which one they're going to like. Yeah. I'll let them choose. But that is, aren't we all just so tired of making decisions? That's so overwhelming for them. Well, I would maybe, I I agree slash disagree. I would say like, I, because I love the proofing thing. So we'll go in that. But I think from a time perspective, like, like, why are we editing so many photos just for them to choose? Like, that is bonkers. That's like... Mm -hmm. But you're right. You don't want to overwhelm them either. You don't want all of them in there. Right. I mean, I, I was delivering like 250 images. Right? Oh, right. Okay. I was thinking because yeah. our new way, right, is to edit like 40. Yeah. And then say you get 10 or you can have all of them. And I might have jumped ahead, but I was thinking, sorry, I, I totally get what you're no, saying. No, that's totally fine. I just was definitely overwhelming them with way too many images. And then, well, then I was going to experiment with my mini sessions. Because, and like you said, it's why am I spending all the time editing these? And another point to that is that half the time, you know, say I deliver 100 photos, most people just have like 10-ish 
20-ish favorites. And those are the ones they share and print and really cherish the most. The rest, sure, they like them too, but they don't get much screen time, I guess. <laughs> and a lot of times too, they don't they don't know how to use them. So if we're shooting like kind of ethereal movement and you and I have similar things we like to do, mm-hmm. like with, you know, emotion and movement and stuff, nobody ever picks those ones, which, you know, I mean, once in a while, but the ones that generally as an artist, artist, <laughs> artist that I really love are not generally what people want. Yeah. And I, I changed my whole message approach to minis because of that, I was like, if you just want a few good ones, this is it. And that's the whole thing. Cause it's like, that's generally what people want. Yeah. They want the, usually the nice smiling looking forward ones are the ones that get printed the most. And yeah. So I'm like, I, I wanted to just experiment a little bit with changing up my pricing structure. And I thought minis would be a great one because I was way over delivering for a mini. I mean, it's a mini session. It's meant for getting just a few good images out of it which a lot of people, that's all they want. They want yearly updated good yeah. images. And, you know, for a while there, there was a lot of, in the photo worlds, like online forums and stuff, a lot of hate towards minis, you know, because people will always reach out like, would you just do a mini session, like a one-off? And I've, you and I both this last couple of years have like come to love mini sessions. And I love them mm-hmm. even more now because of how I changed the pricing structures. So yeah, what is your let's bring it back to pick time yeah. and like what your what is your setup? So before it was like 15 minutes, a flat fee of like $250. And I'd go through, pick out the best ones, give it give them all to them. That was it. Now 15 minutes, $250. I do the same thing. I go through, I pick out the best ones, deliver it to them. However, they can only download 10. They're watermarked and you can't just download all. You can only, it's in pick time, you can set it to be watermarked and that they can only download 10 for free. After that, if they want more, like say there's five extra ones they really love, they're $15 a piece. Or if they want the whole gallery, it's $150. So most people, I would say 95% of my mini sessions this last year have gone for the full gallery. So now I'm making 400 off of a mini instead of 250 without doing anything different. The only different thing, though, you are cutting back a little bit on what you're adding, yeah. right? So like a gallery doesn't have like 200 in it anymore. No, I definitely have become much more uh, aware, much more, yeah, on that in all my sessions. But, you know, and some people will just do a few extra But once you get to 10 extra images, that's $150. You might as well just get the whole gallery. So it really, yeah, it's been, it's been very successful. So I am uh, planning to implement that until my fuller, bigger sessions as well. Yeah. Well, and you and I do the same. So I do the exact same thing. And I started doing that full gallery thing Mm -hmm. and people buy it all the time and it's great. And people ask like, one of the questions I got from one of my students was like, well, so are you're going in and you're still editing, you know, all of them. But the, from what I can tell when I, so I come home from the mini session, I pick my favorites or the best ones. Like I used to, for me, it's about 40, 45 images. And I, I, I really try to shoot more conservatively now. And then I edit all of those 
So they're edited when the client sees them as far as a mini session goes. That way they can download them right away, their favorites or the whole gallery. And my student was like, well, doesn't that take a bunch of extra time if they don't get the whole gallery? Yes, but mostly they do. So if that, yeah, that data is really important because it's like, for me, the amount of time it would take me to upload unedited photos, sync them with PicTime, send my client an email, this is how you choose your proofs, follow up with them because they haven't chosen their proofs yet, follow up with them because they haven't chosen their proofs yet, then synced back with Lightroom, edited the ones that they've chosen, delivered those, like that takes a lot of time. And honestly, choosing 40 instead of 10 and just doing presets and going through and doing my standard edit has been totally worth it. Oh, yeah. And yeah, my editing process is really pretty streamlined and quick now. You know, I've really gotten it down, apply my preset, make a few tweaks, go through it. Um, So it really... And for the amount of people that have opted to go for the full gallery, it's well been worth the extra time to edit all of them. All the goods, yeah. quote unquote, not every single day, Yeah. Yeah. And it's a mini session. So you're not doing, you know, like I wouldn't do this with like a, my process is different from my higher ticket offers, like my big branding sessions, my big family sessions. Those have proofing involved and it's a whole different process, but for something when you're trying to be efficient with your time and the money coming in and making it drop dead easy for people that just want a few good ones, like this has been the best, best, best switch for me. And it's a fun little, like I almost forget that, Oh yeah, people can, I can still make money off of this session even after I've delivered it. And then I'll get that uh, email from pick time. Like you have money coming your way. And Pick time like has I finally figured out the right way to set it up and it's so easy for them the client to do this like I made a um I use loom to record videos so I made a little video that goes walks through how to download your 10 free or pay for the full gallery I send that in every email and so I don't have to like re-explain it every time it's just very easy (laughs) kind of a no-brainer yeah Mm -hmm. like oh yeah and it's not like i think it's still very a very good value 400 i mean i deliver a pretty solid gallery for a mini session so you know people are getting a lot of good photos for that they're getting a ton of great photos it's a great offer and price-wise like if if affordability budget and all that kind of stuff is you know, a concern like minis are the total way to go to get in yeah. front of a experienced photographer for a lot less money. The concession that clients make is that they don't get to choose the location. We mm-hmm. do. And they have very, very limited choice of time um, in terms of usually minis are announced. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to, if you want me to come to your house on a specific day, that's like a, a regular, a regular priced situation. And another thing too, just really quick on the whole mini session, there's some psychology that goes into splitting up the price of something. So if I were to say my mini sessions are $400 and you get all the photos, people aren't as willing to bite. But if you're like, it's $250 and you get 10 free and then you have the choice afterwards to choose if you want more or not. Like, I think that really, really is helpful for people because then, you know, if their kid, if their toddler 
freaked out the whole time and they're just a little disappointed and not getting as many happy smiley photos, there's no, they don't have to. <laughs> but yeah. if they're like, wow, these are so good. I can't imagine not having all of them, which is usually the case, then they go for it. Yeah. It's the price is split up. So it's not much of a sticker as much of a sticker shock. No, no, not at all. No, this. So anyway, uh, another reason pick time is awesome. But I think for you and I, this uh, mini session setup has been pretty game changing. Mm-hmm. And we've tweaked it each in our own ways. But we've kind of ended up at this like very same place with it. And it's it's working great. So thank you. Pick time. Yes, I'm pick time make my life so much better and easier. <laughs> well, on that note, let's jump into this interview because it's a good one and I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. So, okay. 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 Thanks, Audrey. <laughs> Bye. Hi, Anami. Thank you for being here. I'm really happy to have you. And uh, we've been kind of in the same circle with pick time here and there, like since uh, they've become my sponsor and, and you started your app with them. So we can get into that in a minute, but yeah, welcome. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. I know. I feel like we've been kind of ships passing in the night and to finally get to sit here and have a conversation with you. I'm uh I am delighted. Yeah, uh, me too. Well, so we both discovered that we're we started our photo businesses roughly the same time, so we've yeah. we've been doing this a while and you came up with this brilliant solution to sort of avoid the whole in-person sales thing if it's not something that you have either time for or like for me, I I travel a lot. So it was just scheduling that was really challenging. Right. Let's just dive in. Let's just talk a little bit about sort of where your business was at, kind of what, how you got started in photography and then, and then how you ended up here. Yeah. So (laughs) when we started, not just me, um, back in the olden days of 2010, uh, it was such a different landscape, right? Like there, it was at the time I thought it was oh, there's so much competition, but I look at what's out there now and I laugh because there were many fewer of us. And when I started, I came from an, I was a nurse before I was a photographer. I knew nothing about how to run a business. So as much as I felt pretty solid with my photo skills, I walked into this business being like, if I'm going to make this work, somebody has to show me how to do it. Like, I don't know how to run a business. I don't know how to ask for money, all those kinds of things. So at the time, what I found was that every teacher, guru, whatever you want to call it, who was out there was saying, if you're a serious photographer and you want to make this like your primary living, you need to do in-person sales. It just felt like that was the common knowledge at the time. And who was I to question that, even though like deep down in my gut, I was like, wait, you want me to go in a room with people and show them their photos and be like, hand me money. (laughs) Like the whole thing made me super uncomfortable uh, in the beginning, but I signed up for a class. They were like, do this, then do this, then do this. And I just kind of followed the formula and I learned how to do it. And like, sure, I had my missteps, but I got better at it. And so over time, you know, in-person sales served me really well. I did it for the first seven years of my business. I was profitable, essentially right out of the gate. I was able to quit my nursing job within a couple of years. After that, things just kind of snowballed. I was super busy and it was going really well. But there were things about it that I didn't love always. Like the fact that even once I got past the selling thing, 
there were some pretty awkward moments where, you know, like the, a couple would come in and one of them would be all on board and the other one wouldn't. And I was sitting there while they were having like a domestic about it or I had yeah, that's difficult. I actually before wait. I just want to stop right there because yeah. it occurred to me that people, some people that are brand new to this, might not know what IPS even is. So sure. just a super quick interjection that yeah. you're actually in person with people, showing them their photos so that they have an opportunity to buy the products that you're also showing them in person at that time. So, right. So these folks are like fighting over what they're going to buy in front of you. Yeah. Or like, oh, you know, we we came in with this relatively small budget and we knew like I didn't have any sort of sale minimum that was required. But then they came in and saw their photos. I had one woman who was crying and I was like, oh, great, she's crying. This is going to be a big sale. And then I come to find out that she's crying because they legitimately didn't have the budget to spend more than this like relatively small amount. And they were going to have to walk away from a bunch of their photos. And I was like, oh, God, I feel like, the, you know, I've tricked them, which I hadn't. Like, I was very upfront about all of it. But it's one thing to stand by your policies when, you know, you're kind of in the beginning, at like in the beginning of the conversation of whether they're going to hire you or not and be like, this is the way that I run my business. It's another thing once you've like been in their house, met their kids, worked with them, you like them, they like you. Then you're like, yeah, you can't have those photos because you didn't budget for them. Like that, it's a crummy feeling. It's not the way that I want to run my business, I'm sure. We never want like our clients, especially the ones we really get along with, to feel any kind of like sadness about the process, you know? Right. Even though, on the other hand, we, you know, we have to set prices and hold hold to them in order to uh to make our businesses work. So Anyway, over the course of these seven years, like it wasn't a process that I absolutely loved. And especially once I got better at it, I did start to get really frustrated at how much time it took. Um, You mentioned that you have done in-person sales before. It is a process, like all the meetings, all the back and forth, like scheduling, rescheduling, getting together, driving back and forth, ordering your stuff, then it comes in, then I have to package it up, then I have to deliver it. Like it's a whole it's a huge thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a studio at this time or were you going to people's houses? I've done, I did all of the above. Yeah. I did sessions at my house. I had set, but I live in a small house and at the time I had little kids. So that was pretty much a deal breaker. Um, I had a studio for a little while. I went to people's homes for a while, lugged my like projector and screen around. Like it was a whole, (laughs) it's a thing. I remember one time my dad was like, so is this like you're a vacuum cleaner salesman? I was like, oh, you're stabbing (laughs) me in the heart. (laughs) As if I didn't feel awkward enough about this to begin with. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So anyway. So funny. Like the dad's trying to figure things out. My dad was like, so you're like, coaching people you're like telling them all your your tricks like (laughs) (laughs) like well then aren't they gonna be better than you or like what I'm like oh geez (laughs) the first time my dad saw one of my reels on Instagram he was like oh I can't believe you're doing that that's just embarrassing (laughs) and I was like thanks dad I don't think you're my ideal client (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny but he's very like pulls no punches about it. Oh my us. god, I yeah. love that. I love that he's even on Instagram. That is not a place that my dad is, but that's it's just funny. It's great. Yeah, I love it. It is. Well, okay, so you're not a vacuum cleaner salesman, but 
it's a true thing. Like all of the pieces. I mean, I remember, again, I only did IPS for a very short time. And I would go to people's houses predominantly. I had an office space that I rented for like a year that I had. It was like all cute and everything. And I thought more. Mm-hmm. Pe- I thought I'd be using it more. And then I was like, this is not this is not for me. But it, again, my travel schedule, it just didn't make sense. I, I was doing a lot of stuff at the time, kind of all over the place. But yeah, just prepping stuff and bringing it there and making it look nice. And, you know, I'm sure if you do have a, a studio space, I'm, I'm sure that was a, a step easier than than doing it the other way. But it still is a, a time commitment. And I think that was a big thing uh, for me, which is, yeah. And it's not just a time commitment for us either. I was getting pushback from my clients, even the ones who had worked with me over time, like, hey, is there any way that we could just do this at home this time? You know, my, I don't have to, they're busy. Like we're all busy. I'm a family photographer. So everybody's got kids. Some of them have like new babies. And so to ask them to like go set aside another couple of hours after their session was its own, you know, kind of thing. So anyway, it was working in that I was profitable and I was making money. So I was like, well, uh, nope, you got to do it this way because this is the way that I know. But things changed in my life in 2017 because I got divorced. And what suddenly I found myself dealing with was the fact that I needed to be able to make more money, but I was already like top of the market in terms of price point per client. And I couldn't take on more clients because of this like long process that was in place for each client. So I will not bore you with all the details. There was this whole like crisis of what am I going to have to go back to being a nurse, even though I've got like one of the more sought after photography businesses in town. And I struggled with that for a while. I knew that the alternative at the time really was just, well, you could do all inclusive, like you set a price, people pay it, and then you deliver digital files. But a couple of things kept me from doing that. Number one, I knew that one of the big benefits of in-person sales was that there was this sort of like unlimited amount of money that you could make. Most of my clients tended to spend around $1,500. Every once in a while, I'd get a client that would spend three or $4,000. And it was like, oh, I kind of hate giving that up. And more than that, I really hated the idea of no longer providing the additional service to my clients of making sure that they had like a final product when they worked with me. I knew how valuable that was, not only in terms of like, it generally made people call me back and be like, hey, I was walking past that frame on the wall and I thought we need to hire you again. Like I knew that it was a good way to bring people back and bring new people in. But I also feel like it just increases that customer's overall sense of like the value that they got for their money. So I didn't want to let that go. And at the time I was, uh, I had recently switched to PickTime as my gallery software. And I know that you're familiar with PickTime and this was in, like I said, 2017. So it's only gotten better since then. But at the time it was such an enormous leap forward from what I had been using before. Mm-hmm, me too. Every time I clicked in there, I was like, man, this thing is gorgeous. Like you can see all their photos in the, you know, in the frames when you click into the store and all this stuff. And I was kind of bitter about it because none of my clients were clicking into the store. Mm. I, they were using the gallery as like a way to share photos with their friends and family and like download their digital files. But I had done their sales session 
in person. So like, why would they even look in the store? And I was like, I can't believe that I'm not using this. Like I'm paying for this software and I'm not getting the full benefit of it. And like my wheels started turning and I was like, what if instead of having an in-person meeting, I was somehow able to take what I know works with in-person sales and kind of apply it in an online space in a more automated way. And over the course of a couple of weeks, I kind of played around with different ideas and I came up with the structure of this system that I now use and teach. And I partnered with PickTime because they saw the results I was getting and they were like, oh, maybe we could create a way for other photographers to use this. Um, so now it has a name. It's called Simple Sales, the Simple Sales System. From the minute that I got it set up and working, minus the app, I didn't even have the benefit of the automated version. I was working like 50% less. I was spending 50% of the time, but I was making the same amount of money. And um, and I was doing it in a way that allowed me to stay home with my kids when they were with me and not have to go back to my nursing job. So it's so been cool. like a wild ride. That's so cool. I also went through a divorce at about the same time as you. So here we are. Look at little, us. little parallel. <laughs> I should wear my glasses today. <laughs> If you are a photographer and you live in Minneapolis or close by, you are lucky because our new sponsor, Studio Q, is offering a 10% discount on any studio rental. But you want to take advantage of this. This is my personal favorite place in the whole city to shoot. It is located in the Arts District in Northeast Minneapolis. There's photo and video studios available to rent by the hour, the half day, full day. The walls are whitewashed. The ceiling and floors are all white and bright. And there's tons of windows, tons of windows. Most of the big windows are west facing. There's amazing light. There's over 6,500 square feet of space here. There's two studios. There's two full kitchens. There's private bathrooms. I've taken my branding clients and other clients here so many times. And it is always amazing. It's perfect for food, photography, lifestyle, all sorts of stuff. You can use paper sweeps, tabletop surfaces, and hundreds of kitchen props. There's like a ton of stuff here and it just gets better and better. And the best part is Kristen is amazing and she will always be there to help you out if you need it. So use code PHOTOBIZHELP for 10% off any studio rental time. Just go to studioqmpls.com. Studioqmpls.com. Use code PHOTOBIZHELP for 10% off any studio rental time. You definitely want to check this place out. It is my favorite. But what's interesting is I, I think about like uh, listening to everything that you're saying and thinking about my own experience in myself and then helping other folks start businesses is when you're talking about time and money and profitability, I think of I mean, a tremendous number of people haven't figured that out. Like there isn't a number of like how many hours do I have to work? And there isn't a number of like at what point am I profitable? And there isn't a number for even being able to measure, oh, I'm working less. And so I see this, you know, if this is you listening and you feel burnt out, there's a really good chance that these you've been taken on too much because you don't know your numbers, meaning, you know, like your cost of doing business, your profit margins, all that stuff. Because uh, if you do generally, you know, you won't end up in that position, but also you'll have, like you said, more time if it's set up well, which is like the best thing ever. 1000%. I'm like, preach. Yes, go <laughs> run numbers. You know, I think a lot of people are afraid to look at those numbers carefully, because yeah. they're afraid that they might find out that 
the way they're doing it's not profitable. They may find out that what is profitable seems impossible. I'm here to tell you that it's not. But what I find is that when people get over that fear, when they like, you know, it's like the monster in the corner. If you turn on the lights, it may still be there, but at least you know what you're dealing with. When you learn those things and you figure out, like, I'm spending this much time, you know, this is how much I'm making, you can get clearer on the goals that you want to put in your business and then work backward from there. It becomes a lot less emotional and a lot more just the reality, like, well, we have to make this work. These are the things that we need to do. And that it was no fun. And I was already, it sounds like, you know, (laughs) in that, like, I was so vulnerable and every part of like, everything felt like, ah, I'm failing. I'm failing at this. I'm failing at this. I'm failing at this. And so really the last thing that I wanted to do was to rerun my numbers and like, try and make this whole different thing work. However, if I hadn't done that, I would have failed. Like the business would have had to close. It just was not sustainable the way that it yeah. Because my life circumstances changed. Yeah. And knowing like what that is, that whole like what can't be measured can't be managed, you know, right. and and it, it's a true thing. It, it, like anything you're talking about, like, oh, I want to I want to lose some weight this summer. It's like, well, cool. But like if you don't have a number, you're not going to even know. Like if you don't even know where your starting number is, you know, you're not going to know if you've made progress or not or whatever. So everyone gets that. But I mean, I think a lot of times it's super easy to overlook in our businesses because we either don't know how, we don't know what numbers to look at, or it just seems scary. Or if you're in a vulnerable like post, you know, relationship place, it's like, ah, anything new is like, nah, it's too much. It's too much. But I'm, uh, I'm glad that you did it because this is just like such a cool, it's just such an amazing thing that you've developed and partnered with those guys. And so for, for those who aren't familiar with PickTime, there's a number of different apps that you can apply to your gallery. So for example, like a Mother's Day app would maybe send a series of emails to people during that window before Mother's Day, and it's all automated and um, reminds them to take a look at cool things in your gallery that they might want to buy for mom. So that's just one example. But maybe explain just a little more just kind of the basics of what your app does and and why why they reached out to you, because I think people are going to love this when they find out. Sure. And I just to sort of piggyback on your pick time plug, the thing that I love about them, as I've gotten to know them, the people behind the the um, piece of software, is that they really do look at photographers' businesses from kind of a 10,000-foot view. And when they first started out, you know, their mission was to make it so that photographers could be more profitable. And one of the things that we all suffer with is like marketing is this giant amorphous thing, like, oh, what do I do to market? And most of us think about like bringing in new clients when it comes to marketing. But marketing also has to do with like retargeting those clients that you already have and all this sort of stuff. So they have built this infrastructure into their gallery software, which, you know, most gallery software is just like, here you go, here are your photos. They are trying to help photographers. It's like having, I always say, it's like having a marketing department for like a big corporation in your back pocket, which is amazing. So yeah, so they reached out to me uh, about a year after I started using this system that I built that was kind of the, you know, Frankenstein uh, automated version of in-person sales. Because 
among all these family photographers that were using their platform, my product sale numbers were through the roof. And they said, hey, we're the founders of PigTime. We're curious to hear how you're getting these sale numbers. And so I had a meeting with them and I explained the process. And <laughs> I remember the look Nareet, one of the founders, gave me. She she sort of sat there for a moment. And there's a there the English isn't <laughs> her first language. So sometimes there's just a little bit of like a delay while she's like processing. processing yeah. Understood. But then she looked and she was like, okay, I think we want to partner with you on this and like turn this into something that we can deliver to other photographers. And <laughs> I was like, uh, what? Yeah. And so that was amazing. It, it took us about eight months and her husband, who does more of the backend building of the software, I remember at one point he laughed and said, I can't believe that you named this the simple sales system. It is by far the most complicated piece of software that we've had to write for a big time. <laughs> And he gave That's me a hard time, but he has also become like my biggest champion on this or the the app's biggest champion because he they get to see from the back end all these photographers who are using it who are just going from like no sales or like, you know, a $50 sale average to people who are getting hundreds and thousands of dollars from their portraits and selling more product, which again, it's like, it has a snowball effect. It ends up giving your clients more to talk about with their friends when it comes to referrals. It reminds them to rehire you. It makes them feel like they get more value for their money. So it's, I feel like it's a true win-win all the way around. Yeah, no. And it's incredible. I, I love that, like the story you just told because it's, it is one of those things where when I learned about it, I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. You know? Well, it's funny because it, I mean, it really is simple. I called it simple sales because as much as like each piece of it, and I, I'm happy to talk about that, but I also feel like it's, there's a fair amount to it. So we, um, each piece is simple. It requires no specific software, no specific hardware. Like you don't have to go out and buy anything in order to run simple sales including you don't have to buy PickTime. PickTime makes it really nice and automated and easy, but I was using it when PickTime didn't have the app. And sure. um, so as long as you have online gallery software with a component that includes like an online store, you can you can set this up in your business. So from that perspective, it's simple. It's simple to explain to your clients. It's simple to kind of run it on the back end. But it is also born of those seven years of experience, like sitting like a fly on the wall with people talking about, well, I would buy this, but I think this, like there's a fair mm. amount of psychology that goes into the, the purchasing process. You know, I talk to photographers all the time about like, well, I'm having a hard time booking clients. I, I guess I have to lower my prices because every time I talk to somebody, they say, well, we decided to go with a cheaper photographer. And it doesn't take all that much to look around and know that people do not always make buying decisions based on price. Like people buy right. things that are expensive all the time. The question is why? Like, why are they buying, you know, this fancy, I don't know, purse, enamel, enamel pot? Yeah. Or yeah. Purse, that's a better one. <laughs> well, that was the first one that popped into my mind because I'm like, people definitely make decisions that just don't make sense to me. I'm like, oh, so you're on a budget, but okay. <laughs> like, well, purses, I don't even own a purse, but I do own like some really fancy enamel cast iron 
pots that cost a couple hundred dollars each. And I'm sure that somebody who doesn't cook could be like, why would you buy that? Right, 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 right. And even the truth of the matter is like, I'm sure I could produce something just as good with a like knockoff cheaper version, but I'm invested in it. And there is the psychology that goes into like, I identify as someone who likes to cook and, you know, it's important to me for whatever. So it's not about being sneaky or manipulative at all. Those are not things that I espouse or enjoy or (laughs) appreciate. It is about you know, setting yourself up to have a business that works and that um, that ends up attracting people who want you for more than whatever your price tag is. Yeah, that psychology is so fascinating to me as well. And I, I think about, you know, when, when someone really is invested in the like identifying themselves with the brand, like you said, that's really yeah. that's how things get sold. You know, like people see themselves in the car in the commercial and they're like, cool, that's me, you know? And so I'm not sure about my brand and what, you know, I'm not, I'm still constantly looking at it and going like, you know, how did I get to a place? Last year was my last year doing weddings, but how did I get to a place where, you know, people were just like, not even really caring what the price point was, but they were just like, we want you, you know, and that's the place that you want to be in, right? And I think that one of the bigger problems that we have with, with product is that people don't, they just think they're going to get it later or we don't we don't connect it to our brand i guess in that way and when you build it in to the way that you do business when it's not just sort of this optional thing that you can very easily at the end i mean especially i think about with wedding photography and i used to do weddings as well the there are so many people who say oh yeah we totally want an album we want an album but if you don't build that into the process by the time that all of those wedding checks have been written, whatever, and you deliver their photos, that's a very easy decision for them to say, we do want an album, but we're going to buy it later. And then you don't ever end up you know, capitalizing on that money. And they're probably ordering an album from some like direct-to-consumer thing that they're not going to do as good a job designing it. It's going to be some press-printed thing. Like We know that we can deliver something that's going to occupy a space of honor on their, you know, shelf or coffee table or whatever that the grandkids will look through. If we don't set it up for them to make that decision at the right time, they're losing out and we certainly are losing out. So yeah, some of the best feedback I've gotten in recent years was just that people were glad that stuff was built in for them. Yeah. You know, that they didn't have to make all the big decisions about prints or albums or books later. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we could totally dive into that, but we, we won't for now. But how can uh, folks listening, you know, feel free to give like a quick sort of overview of, of the process, but also how can they learn more about it? Because I know you have a good, good webinar going and yeah, that kind of yeah. Stuff. It takes a little bit of time to explain it. So if people are interested in getting all the details, I teach it for free in a in a like an online masterclass that you can access at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash simple because it's the simple sales system. But uh, but yeah, just from sort of the the quickie overview is that there are six steps and they really run all the way from the very first point of contact that you have to the like saying goodbye at the end of your session. So, and I always say the first step is education, but that first step really perfuses everything throughout the the process. So educating your clients is super, super important, right? We all 
struggle to make decisions if we feel unsure about like if there's a lack of clarity on what's going on, if we're confused, if we don't trust what the process is. And so in order to combat all of those things, you have to really get in front of the education piece. And that starts when someone reaches out to you and even kind of before that on your website and your social and all that sort of stuff. But then it carries through so that at each and every turn, when we think, oh, I've already told them this three times, like, nope, you got to tell them again. You have to deliver that information when it is most relevant to them. So it's like after their session, you're going to send a reminder email that like your proofs will be ready on this day and, you know, I'll be back in touch, whatever. We totally forget that, you know, I think when you're in your business, it's so easy to know how your business works. And it is really easy to forget that other people don't know how your business works, even yeah. even if they've worked with you before, like, remind me again, do I get proofs or, you know, whatever. And yeah. I definitely tell people, you know, over communicate, like, yeah. no one's gonna like, if they get it, they'll just shut the email. But if they don't, like, at least you're, you know, yeah, if I have any other former healthcare professionals out there, like we all know how easy it is to just sort of like, blah, 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 and then the person on the other end who has just been told something scary and, you know, potentially life-changing about themselves is like, wait, what? And I don't care if that person is a doctor or a nurse, like when sure. it's you, you need everything like handed to you on a spoon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to be a high school teacher and it's sort of the same thing. Yeah, no sure. one's listening like until like the seventh time. And then you're like, did you get that? And they're like, yeah. huh? what? You know? So. Right. And I think that the more personal and the more you'll appreciate this as a former teacher, people learn in different ways. So, you know, there's so many great ways that technology can help us deliver our messages to people. We don't just communicate in these like long, dense emails because people don't read them. We need to like make videos, get on the phone, like have a Zoom call, all these different things that we can do to make sure that the important things that people need to know are being dripped out and actually absorbed by uh, the, their intended recipients. So, well, and this is something that the clients re remember. I like oh, yeah. drive that point home too, is that your brand, you're building your brand at every point in the process. And I think when we're first starting out, we're like just focused on like good photos. I can't wait to go to that spot at sunset and, you know, like get the photo. And we're yeah. really focused on that. And of course, that is a major part of it. But this whole like, how fast are you responding? How clear are you? How easy is it for other people to book you or understand what's going on or pay or whatever? I mean, all that stuff is the stuff that people are like, oh, she's great. The photos are great. It was so easy to set up and blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, that's the stuff that sticks with your brand. So I'm glad you brought that up too. Yeah, for sure. So then the second step is going to be having someone pay a session fee. So this is kind of harkens back to the in-person sales thing where you're not asking someone for all the money up front. You're actually just asking them to pay a small amount to reserve your time to make sure that they're going to show up. Like you don't obviously want to waste your own time, but it is an important piece because the way that you set the price on that session fee needs to be kind of in proportion to the overall spend. So you want to kind of pre-qualify your clients with that session fee. Then you have the session. So that's step three. You show up, you make photos, you make great photos at sunset that, you know, are going to blow their minds. Like all that stuff is that uh, that's not what I teach, but that is very important. Yeah, for sure. And then however long it takes you to do your normal processing, you let them know 
there's some education going on during that period of time. But then when it's time to deliver their photos, you are going to deliver the photos in the form of a preview. And I recommend doing that as a slideshow. That's what I did always with the beginning of a sales session for in-person sales. We sat down, we looked at all the photos, but not like better one, better two, better two, better three. But instead we sat down and we watched like this beautiful slideshow set to music, which really just sort of like, so it emotions sort of like capstone experience, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music. I don't know what that is, but music with visual stuff works every time. Bust out the tissues. Um, <laughs> so what I used to do with in-person sales was that we sat down and watched this uh, slideshow together. And then we immediately dove into the decision-making process of like, what are you going to order? And when you're in person with someone that works well, because you can navigate that process with them and for them, when they get stuck on something, you can help them get unstuck. So the trick was, well, how am I going to get them to make a decision, a a purchasing decision and actually give me their money while the like emotional impact is there and they're, you know, like fully focused on their photos? Because we all know that like 48 hours after they see their photos for the first time, even though they've like seen them a thousand times and they've like gotten super obsessed. Then they get a phone call that like, oh, your radiator blew up and you're going to have this other thing. And like, <laughs> oh, right. My kid got sent home from school because they bit somebody or whatever the case yeah. may be. Like you get distracted. Time is a factor for sure. It is a factor. So in order to try and take advantage of that impact, what I do is I have people choose make a very easy choice between three collections and the collections don't require that they go and like make decisions, all the, all the final decisions, they just have to choose which size collection they want. And the collections all include a certain number of digital files and a certain amount of print credit. And then once they make that decision and they purchase that collection, then they have a month in the online gallery to um, figure out how they want to, spend their print credit, what kind of, um, you know, which digital files they want. So I have the money up front and they've like made the purchase, but they don't feel that like time pressure. They feel like they have plenty of time to make their decision. And um, after that, they've got, I give them that 30 day window. And, um, and at the end, the gallery closes and they have what they want and I have what I need. And, um, and everybody is generally pretty happy. So that's, that's like the short version of the, of the system. But if people are interested, I would definitely say this can't be that hard.com slash simple. We'll give you a lot more detail. Yeah. And we'll put that, that'll be in the notes too, if you're listening and you just want to click a button, but thank you. I mean, that's, that's something that when I first heard about it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. Cause you know, it's always been like me on the road trying to figure stuff out and I'm still, I didn't join pick time until uh, a year and a half ago, maybe. So I'm still like transitioning and yeah. setting things up. But um, I'm just so excited. I'm very excited to be talking to you about this because it's something that I think is going to help a lot of people that are really stuck in that place of like, I mean, I, do you remember when Clubhouse sort of got big at, during the pandemic? Sure, yeah, I would have a weekly room. And it was a great way to connect with people since we weren't doing anything. And one of the hot topics like all the time was, how do we make prints important to people, yeah. you know, because truly it it is something people want. It's just the longer you draw it out and the harder you make it for people, it's just photos just get left on hard drives. I mean, it really is something that people kind of put on the back burner. 
But that print credit, it's like magic because even though, you know, we call it print credit, it feels like a gift certificate. They paid for it, but then they're like, woohoo, I'm going to go into the store and buy <laughs> my gift certificate. Yeah. And maybe I'll outsped my gift certificate a little bit. Like it, you know, I would say six times out of 10, they end up going a little bit over because it's like when you go in with your own gift certificate to the, you know, to the mall or whatever, you're like, I got to use every dollar. Yeah. It's like someone giving you a gift card to Target. You're yep. definitely going to walk out of there with extra Way stuff. more than you planned. <laughs> right. Not not unlike intending Target. to plug Target, but that just happens. It happens yeah. there. You know. Well, and I was going to say, and unlike Target, I know that when someone buys photos from me of their children, they're not two months down the road going to be like, this goes in the yard sale bin. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is stuff that ha holds its value and actually gains value over time. So it, um, I never feel like I am doing anyone a disservice if they end up spending, you know, maybe more than they had originally planned. I, yeah. I don't ever want someone to put themselves in a like financial bind, but, um, but yeah, photos are, they're, they're a pretty solid choice when it comes to things you won't regret buying. They are a solid investment. It's something I used to say to my wedding clients on sales calls was like, if there's anything in life that, you know, retains and gains value, yeah. you know, photos are one, one of those things. So, um, sure. so if you think back to sort of, well, for us, it was a, a weird time because 2010, it was like, the internet was just like people, I remember being like, whoa, I can have my own website. Cool. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, like it was like accessible, you know, yeah. it wasn't this thing that like a random business would do or something. And right. Instagram wasn't even really a thing yet. So like the landscape for us, as competitive as you said, it felt it really was wildly different than it is now. And the, yeah. even though the barrier to entry was still quite low, I think it's gotten lower, you know. Yeah. Um, in terms of being able to do this as a business. But all that aside, thinking back, what what's one or two things that you would wish that you had heard or that you'd want someone to know that's like really motivated to do this, that really wants to be a photographer, Yeah, but is kind of overwhelmed and just getting started? Yeah. Well, one of the things that um, that I would say is actually something that was told to me and I truly feel like I um, owe my business to this guy who said this, which was he was um, he taught a photography class that I signed up for. And I was like, well, I'm actually thinking about doing this as a career. Like, <laughs> I was very excited. And, um, and he was like, yeah, you've got a great eye. He was a photography professor at a local university. And he um, he said, you have a great eye. And I think that if you want to you know, make a go at it, you should. But make sure that you take the business side of your business as seriously as you do the art, because it is a tough way to earn a living. And if you focus only on your art, you're never going to make it work um, as a business. And I like the next class that I signed up for was a business class because I was like, you know, wow. I don't know, Jack about uh, running a business. So, yeah. um, so I feel like that's really good, solid advice. I give it out like candy. That's a great one. I know you have a part two to this, but that is like, I feel like artists are so driven, whether you're a yeah. musician or a photographer or whatever. And I think that because of that, like that muse and that drive, it is, it is, oh, it takes some work and some, I guess, maybe some discipline that might be the wrong word to really 
pull yourself away from that drive. You yeah. know, where you're like, I just want to take photos. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And like do the other stuff, which hence photo business help. I mean, I was like, this, this, this is a crew that needs a, <laughs> a little bit of information. Totally. Well, and I mean, it, it's like eat your vegetables, right? Like, okay, I know they're good for me, <laughs> but I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But the, the other piece that I was just going to say kind of is it's part two of that because what I found, which was like, when he said that I was like, okay, fine, I will learn about business. And over time I have come to love this side of it. I mean, I know that that's not universal at all. However, what I love about it is that when you actually get down to it, business is as creative as making photos. Like there are so many cool, creative ways that you can approach the the running of a business. And like what I just described to you is a perfect example of that. Like I had a problem that I needed to solve and I used my creative brain to make that happen. And like, I look around at photographers, they are so equipped to put some, just a little bit of that energy into their businesses and the ones who do take off. And I love that. I love that you just said that because it, it is really true. And I think about my own journey. One of the things I find people bumping up against is this desire for the exact answer and this um, kind of paralysis when it comes to taking some risks or trying something new or doing something like that. And, and I, I'm look I'm like reflecting back on my own thing. And it, and it usually is when I've had like a problem and I'm like, wait, I'm not, I'm going to do this or I'm going to try that and see what happens. And, and that's how your business kind of grows and becomes maybe unique in its own way or like, you know, exactly what you've done with simple sales. So I think that's awesome. I think that's a great thing to keep in mind. Like if if you're, you know, a creative minded person, which most photographers are like, you know, take some risks in your business and how you want to run things and, you know, try, try different things out because that's part of the fun. Right. And we all know that the like happy accidents, once we sort of, you know, we see them and we're like, oh, huh, that worked. How can I do that again? Like, play that game in your business. It's, you know, as long as you're not taking giant swings and like throwing all your money away, your chances are, you know, not all of them will end up being the right thing. I could tell you, we could spend a whole yeah. episode <laughs> Maybe talking we about the, the other ones, but, <laughs> but that is where you hit those breakthroughs. Yeah. And so I, I always encourage people to be creative, be playful with your business and enjoy it because that's also the thing that you're going to spend half your time doing. Yeah. The business stuff doesn't have to be boring. That's probably what I should have called this, but it's just for <laughs> business help. But <laughs> well, you know, we could go on and on about this. And I, I think it'd actually be kind of fun to just have an episode on like stuff I shouldn't have done. But <laughs> that aside, where can people find you and connect with you and, and get hooked up with this um, webinar and, and the the simple sales stuff that yeah. you teach? Great. So I also have a podcast less, I, I have been around less long than you have, but um, called This Can't Be That Hard. And so everything sort of spins off of that, thiscan'tbethathard.com. And then the, um, again, that webinar is at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash simple. And you can find me on all the the Instagrams and things. Yeah, perfect. At the sa same thing? Same, same. Yep. Cool. Perfect. Well, it'll be in the notes because I'm Perfect. pretty sure you sent that over. But yeah. thank you so much. It was great chatting with you. And it's I've been looking forward to this for a while because I'm yeah. such a huge big time fan and obviously a fan of everything you're doing. And um, 
we'll have to do this again. I'd love to. I would love to, too. And I will uh, be extending the invitation over onto my show and we'll just play, play podcast tag. But Yay! Um, I would yeah, love that. no, it, cool. is, it really is great to finally meet you. And I appreciate you taking having me on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. Once again, that was on a me Tonkin and me chatting away. Check out the show notes to connect with her to watch her webinar on SSS. You can don't forget to use the pick time the great discount that they're offering for listeners of the show, you can get everything going in your business and set up. Um, All the information is connected to this episode. Yay. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And remember, in everything you want to achieve, consistency is key. One more quick reminder, if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, disorganized, check out 17 Hats. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it yourself. Go to photobizhelp.com forward slash 17 hats to get 50% off your first year. A quick reminder, head to pick-time.com, use the code photobizhelp, jump on this offer, you get one free bonus month. This is the best decision I've made. I hope you give it a try. Picktime.com with code photobizhelp. Don't forget to head over to Studio Q MPLS to grab that 10% discount on a studio rental. Use code photobizhelp. This is definitely a studio you want to check out. StudioQMPLS.com. Use code PHOTOBIZHELP at checkout for 10% off your rental. Okay, that's it. That was fun. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Thank you. It's always funny to be on the other side and be like, oh, God, I talked so much. But no, that's what you're that's the thing. You're the guest. Sometimes I feel like I'm interrupting too much. But like there's points that I really like people to sort of hear because I, I just I think back to starting and I'm there was just so much I wanted to know. And just yeah. like I wish there were there really weren't podcasts or, you know, I mean, it was weird in 2010. It was yeah. like a weird time to start. I think like nine is when I got sort of like obsessed with it. And 10 was when I really kind of started. Yeah. Like we were on a very similar trajectory. I don't know. We all saw like a Jonas Peterson photograph and just was like, <laughs> I want to do that. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. Yeah. I, um, in 2012, <laughs> when creative live was brand new and like, cause I mean, I can't even tell you, I'm sure you did the same. Like I spent so much time Googling, like how to make the background blurry in a phone, yes. <laughs> the words, like it was so hard to get the information how to make and, the I'd go to the library, and there would be some like ancient book with like dust on it. Oh my God, like, so uh, I don't want my photo to look like this. I want it to look like that. Anyway. Oh my God, that's so funny. I remember the first time I saw this photographer take a photo with like a 50 millimeter, like and it was right. like 1.2, 1. 1. like or eight, wide eight. open. And I was like, I like wrote in, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't need photos, but how did you do this? Like, what just kind obsessed. of camera are you using? Yeah, yeah, I know. But like, there was nothing available. Like, no. it was like, an, as soon as I saw it, I was obsessed. I was like, yep. what? And as soon as I realized that I didn't have to have a studio, because again, I, I knew that I wanted to travel. My husband at the time was a, a musician who he's from Europe. So like we were always away and I wanted to be able to participate in that. And uh, 
And as soon as I was like, oh my God, like I can get like a website. Right. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> like, All I have to do is learn how to do flash. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Oh my I, God. This is so funny. It is. It's anyway. And then like, yeah, creative live, I felt like kind of cracked open the, the online photography education yes. thing. And then that was that, but yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a wave. I mean, it was fun. It was really fun to be a part of it at that time. But I think even now there's, it's a new kind of fun, you know? Totally. I'm glad that I'm not trying to break into the industry. (laughs) Looks really hard. I'm happy for my 13 years of SEO that just serves up all my work, but I know, I know since we kept blogs religiously for so long. Well, it's really funny because I I still teach that it's, if people are going to invest you know, a decent amount of money, they're going to want to Google something, you know, if like, Mm -hmm. if I was like trying to find somebody and here I am like typing, whatever. (laughs) I mean, I would still Google it, you know, before I like dropped a bunch of money. And so I remember a few years ago, I moved. So I was in Hawaii for like the winter. And then I was the following year, I was in LA for the winter. Because you can do that when you're a photographer. That's right. I know. (laughs) I like it. But I did a, a handful of blog posts in each place and I was trying to like keyword, you know, I was trying to do the SEO thing. And sure enough, I mean, I get inquiries for both places now. And so, you know, and that was only a few years ago. And, and I think there is some value. To, we could talk about this another time, but there is some value to the blogging for sure. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. In fact, I think in some ways it's even more valuable now because everybody assumes that it's not valuable. Right. Like you're there not, you go. you're not blogging for your clients. You are in many ways blogging for Google. But yeah. yeah. Well, and interestingly enough, it's like I think about like if all of your energy goes into just social stuff mm-hmm. and not an email list and not a blog, like you don't really, you, there's nothing really tangible there for so you. So temporary. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of freaky. That, like when I remember, what was it? When Vine mm-hmm. just shut down and yeah. people were like, that was my livelihood. Right. Yeah. I know my partner now is, um, is he hosts on Airbnb. Um, he was a wedding photographer and finally was like, and I'm done during the pandemic. Um, and he had been building up these Airbnb properties and we always laugh. It's like, and if Airbnb shuts down, that's a, it's a whole, like what's going to happen then? But yeah, I mean, so much nowadays is like, you know, castles built on other rented land yeah sure. and it's that's a tricky one it's a whole we should talk about this another time I know. It's, it's fascinating it um, is well i'll let you go i know it's been, thank you so much for your time no thank you this is great yeah